Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine. Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. On SAFM. 10 minutes after 1. Good afternoon to you. My name is Pimelo Motene. You're on SAFM and this is Life Happens. Okay, so we've got a lot going on today. And one of the stories that we are going to be focusing on, uh, I suppose in a funny kind of way, relates to us. us. When I say us, I mean us in the broadcasting space, us in the media spaces. And you don't get to hear much about what happens behind the scenes. But nonetheless, uh, there was a statement that was uh, released. Um, this was a statement relating to a cast and crew member. So when I say cast and crew member, I'm an all-encompassing, right? Cast and crew member of the river um, who's tested positive for COVID-19. And the statement was talking about how they have had to halt production and uh, do what they need to do. And then everybody who was in contact with that person has been asked to go in isolation. But a production has stopped and um, they have, though, um, have asked for, for space. In other words, they will not be giving interviews, uh, both the production and the DSTV channel, which hosts this particular uh, production team. Okay, so we've parked that. We're not speaking to um, Zanzi Magic. We're not speaking to Multi-Choice. We're not speaking to the production team. They, however, know that we're having a conversation about them. What we have decided to do is to broaden this conversation. And we've asked the SABC Group Executive for Television at the SABC, Mr. Merlin Naika, to join us and, and give us perspective of this kind of thing. A very good afternoon, first of all, Mr. Naika. Welcome to the show. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. I suppose it was always coming, you know, um, at every single industry, there is a story. And this was always going to come in this particular space, in the broadcasting space. In terms of what the SABC's protocols are for productions that have gone back to work, what were the directives? So, firstly, we, we used the regulations as communicated by, by government that we should adhere to. Mm-hmm. We consulted with local industry bodies to get their uh, interpretation of that, what was feasible, what wasn't feasible. And then we came up with a, a, a draft uh, sort of guidelines that we would like to follow, which we submitted to government to say if we had to return to work, these are the things we would put in place. They were happy with that, and hence we went to to level four, and broadcasts or productions were able to continue. Uh, We do submit weekly monitoring reports to show where we are compliant and what we are doing, and also some of the challenges we face so we can look at whether we need to adjust the the guidelines going forward. So maybe the tricky bit is... You represent the SABC and you are speaking on behalf of the SABC, which hosts some of these productions, but some of them don't necessarily work within the the building, for instance, or site of the SABC. There are remote spaces. Are you the ones that manage their, the protocols or do we have another body doing it? So we we manage them as the broadcaster because yeah. we we technically have paid for for those productions to continue. Yes. So we we've got to give them the guidelines, but ultimately they would be responsible as uh, registered businesses within the country to comply in their own rights. So what we do is we, as an example, from the SAPC side, mm-hmm. we currently have uh, around sixty four odd productions mm. on the go. Uh, we consult with them on a regular basis. Our commissioning editors are in touch with the productions that they are managing. 
to ensure that they do comply. So we started off with very simple things. It says, do you have sanitization stations? Do you wear protective, personal protective equipment? Are you sanitizing regularly? How are you feeding crews? You know, because in the past you would mm. you would have Ben Marie's kind of thing. Yeah. So, exactly. So now it's a very different thing. It's got to be packaged food and it has to be, you know, delivered at the right time. And then, you know, you can't have everybody coming to collect because social distancing is also an issue. So we worked with our production companies on that perspective and they came back to us individually based on the productions that they're working on to say whether they could comply or not. Some of our productions came back to us and said, look, it's not feasible for us to to do this because as an example, we shoot outdoors. So how do you, you know, protect uh, in that case? Or some of them uh, have, you know, scenes of an intimate nature. So how do we, you know, cut this out because it's relevant to the plot? So in those cases, we, we gave them the flexibility of, of halting production as we assess and see how we, we need to or how we can best deal with that. Mr. Naika, that's in a perfect world, and I get that. I'm asking who, who then becomes the policeman. So I get the fact that you have a, a business relationship with these productions, and everybody, you know, if in a perfect world we're all, we are all compliant because we want to do the right thing and we have a business relationship. But asking them is very different to policing them. So is that your duty or is it health and safety's duty? In other words, another department completely. How do you manage that element? Yeah, so, so what we, we had done is one of the, the requirements from, from uh, the government was that we have to have health and safety people on site who are qualified to, let's say, police mm. these activities. Mm. So in our largest, uh, our larger productions, we have some productions that are very small, you know, two yep. or three uh, yes. talent and, and yeah. crew kind of thing. Yeah. So the larger productions do have health and safety people on site mm-hmm. that are assessing and policing on a regular basis. And and so far, how how is it working? It's it's been a bit of a challenge because you know uh, you've got to have the the uh, personal protection equipment on and that kind of stuff. And and sometimes you know when we started off, uh, people didn't uh, you know use that mm-hmm. as regularly, but uh, that has changed. Um, we we also had you know some of our own uh, journalists. Uh, when you yes, go on yeah, screen, yeah. you know, how do yeah. you wear this mask on and, and talk to, to somebody? So it's been an adaption. Uh, but, yeah, I think we, we've we've come out better on the other side and we're refining it on a regular basis. I know the production teams uh, have regular meetings to discuss some of the issues that they're going through and how to best resolve it. I mean, some of the production teams have have said that they they you know they're not very um, open to having open conversations. They they feel that if they did, they would be victimized and so on. But they that they wouldn't necessarily be very open about their challenges because being being open may result in them losing work. They may not be able to uh, to resume production and so on. What's what is the business relationship in that regard? You know, and, and obviously everybody here gets the fact that this is new to all of us. So, uh, how does it work if a production, as you said, some of them have said we we can't comply. It's just impossible to do that based on one, two, three. What does that mean for the livelihoods of those productions and the people that work in there? So what we've done there is we've looked at some of the productions that can't continue. We've looked at scripting and, and, uh, you know, can we do post-production? Because some of the stuff was already shot, so we could do some post-production. As the SABC, we've worked with them from a cash flow perspective to see how we could keep uh, 
let's say, the production alive, but not do any shooting during mm. this time period. So in some cases, we went on a break, which was naturally in the in the entire plan. We just brought the break forward okay. kind of thing. So, so yeah, it's been a, a bit of a challenge. We've got over 300 projects in, 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 in place. Mm. So you can imagine how much of work it's been to actually focus on, on these things. So it's an ongoing activity. Yeah. I guess I'm asking you the difficult question of how do we make sure, and I know it's not necessarily your fault, you didn't ask for coronavirus, <laughs> but how do we make sure that you know, as, as, as much of these productions don't end up closing shop? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Because we've got this pandemic that is affecting so many small businesses. Yeah, look, it's, it is a challenge, and yeah. as an industry, we are uh, talking about it at, re- at regular sessions. So as an industry, we meet with all the broadcasters and government uh, twice a week, mm. and we have uh, conversations around this. One of the concerns was that this business is uh, certainly on, on the crew side, there's a lot of freelancers, yeah. right? So you could have somebody working yeah. across three different productions because of livelihood, he wouldn't disclose or she wouldn't disclose Absolutely. whether she was affected yes, or not. Yes. Uh, and that was one of the challenges we had in terms of, you know, how do we police that without mm-hmm. infringing on, on people's rights? Yeah. So the the first thing we do is we screen people that come in, irrespective of whether you cast crew or yes. staff. Yeah. We screen you uh, on a regular basis, so we check temperature. Uh, we did initially uh, for people to come onto the, the productions on site the first time they fill out a questionnaire so we know where they've been, who they've come into contact with. Yeah. And I think the, the, the best thing as well is if somebody does contract it is not to ostracize them because then that just gets through, you know, word of mouth goes out and says, look, if you have this, then this is what's going to happen to you. Mm. So whilst we have picked up some cases within the SABC, mm-hmm. uh, which is known and, and, yeah. and we, yes. we've publicized public. this, yep. we haven't ostracized the people. We what, do you mean, what, what do you mean by that when you say you haven't ostracized so it's, them? It's, you know, it's, people are very nervous about contracting the virus, right? So we've yep. got to deal with it very delicately. So we don't, sort of name and shame and say that person has got it. So what we've done is we kept the person's uh, uh, identity identity confidential. We've removed them from site. We've given them assistance. They've gone for testing to validate and they go uh, for a 14-week isolation program and we remain in contact with them throughout this time. But it doesn't doesn't deal with the challenge of of you you as the SABC, in all honesty and with all the greatest intentions in the world, you are not going to solve that freelance issue at this moment. Correct. You know what Correct. I mean? It's, it's, a, yeah. it's a reality of the industry and it is exactly that. So that, that has its own challenges. Exactly. And, and this is where the, the conversations with other broadcasters comes into play. So mm. we ensure that, you know, across the board, we are all following the same regulation. So it's not different whether you you, you yes. were at the SABC yes. or multi-choice or ETV kind of thing. And so far, it's it's, it's been... I wouldn't say good because, mm. you know, it's it's a pandemic that we're sitting in, but I think it's been well managed. Hmm. Thank you. I know I've got to, I've got to, I've got to let you go. I, thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. We'll pick it up another time. Thank you. And, and I suppose we pleasure. will have to just keep updating one another about what's happening in the industry. Mr. Merlin Laker, who is a group executive right. for television at the SABC, just giving us what the SABC have uh, done in approaching this really uncertain time after um, a cast member, a cast and crew member in one of the production companies, very well known, The River, uh, tested positive for COVID-19 and they've had to stop production and that person is in isolation as well as other people who are in contact with them. Now, uh, Ikasa,
Who's actually responsible? Independent communications authorities of South Africa, responsible for broadcasting spaces. I want, I just want us to be a bit clear because oftentimes um, there is the the murkiness of people putting this space in art and culture. That's not to say that some of the stuff that happens within the broadcasting space is not art and culture, but this particular body monitors broadcasting, if that makes any sense. Okay, so Pasega Maleka is the Independent Communications Authority of South Africa's postperson. He joins us now on the line. Paseka, thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. Thank you so much, Pamela. So... From my understanding, when we when this pandemic became quite apparent that we are going to have to deal with it as a country, broadcasters came to you and said, look, help us navigate the space. And what became the result of that is that some easing of regulations was done. Could you tell us a little bit more about that easing of regulations for broadcasters? Um, yes, please. Um you know, ICASA published the, what we call the ICT COVID-19 National Disaster Regulations in April, in early April. So those regulations were, were mainly for, for, to deal with the issues of easing regulations. So, um, in prescribing, first, first thing first, in prescribing regulations, obviously, mm-hmm. it's uh, to broadcasting. Obviously, ICASA is guided by the, by the ICASA Act and the Broadcasting Act. Okay. And, and the Electronic Communications Act, um, as well, so that that particular act empowers ICASA to publish any regulation without actually going through a consultative process. Uh, this is in particular in, in particular where public interest requires should, there shouldn't be any 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 delay. So the purpose of those regulations, the ICT COVID nineteen regulations, is mainly to prescribe minimum standards that uh, broadcasters or any licensee must adhere to during the initial state of disaster. Um, and enable uh, implementation of measures that may be necessary to to prevent an escalation of of the of, of the disease and to alleviate alleviate and minimize the effects of the national disaster. So that's basically what the, the purpose of those regulations were. And then obviously, when the, those regulations in, impose various various obligations as well as uh, relaxing compliance obligations uh, because of the national disaster. So. Uh, we, we received a letter from the SABC and the National mm-hmm. Association of Broadcasters mm-hmm. um, requesting further relief of, 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 the, of the regulation. So we, we, we had to look into those issues. Well, I mean, you make it clear that this allows you to do all of this without consultation. One would say that's not quite fair. You have a body like the SABC and other broadcasters ask you to relax some measures. The one would say that that's input, maybe maybe not consultation, but that's input because they they approached you. Shouldn't you have been equally as responsible to then extend that? Uh, niceness to smaller guys who may not have sent you a letter in request for the relaxation of these regulations? Um, look, Pinalo, there are situations where there is, there, there's an emergency, so you, you, you can't, when you start when you start doing the consultation, the, the law allows the CASA not to do that. Yes, it's, I know. I know that. That's why I'm asking the question. Point. Yeah, it, it allows at certain points, especially when, when there's an emergency like the, the COVID-19 now. But remember, when we do a consultation, we must allow for about uh, up to 30 days consultation, and we don't have that time during the coronavirus uh, pandemic. So we had to come up with ways of, of addressing and, and, and putting some relief measures on compliance because we understand that not everyone, is, not everyone will be able to, to comply with the regulations because of, because of the pandemic. So we had to act quickly and swiftly just to make sure that um, those that we have licensed are able to conduct their business without somewhere being worried about compliance because when you when you come to the issue of, of producing content and 
and television content or radio content at at some point you need you need more time to to, to be able to do that so because I had to act quickly on that just to say look during this period we are not going to penalize you if you don't comply mm. because we understand there's COVID-19 issues that, that are there that we have to deal with. Government is also publishing regulations uh, through COCTA for us to be able to, 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 to comply with social distancing and stuff like that. So we have to act quickly on those kind of issues. I suppose, and I'm not telling you this for the first time, you know this, there, there has been an outcry on, in saying that, yes, you may have had to be quite swift in making these decisions and putting these regulations together because the, allow, the law allows you to, and that's fair. But one may argue that in doing that, there are, there's representation that you didn't consider. I mean, could you not take that? Well... <clears throat> I've just mentioned the fact that the consultation takes very long. Um, so we don't yes, have but, that. But, but, but let's, 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 let's go back to what you said. You're saying that the consultation takes very long. I agree with that. You're saying that regu- uh, the, the, the government allow, uh, sorry, I beg your pardon, legally you're allowed to do this. We all agree. And, and I'm saying, and you're also saying we are facing a pandemic. We've got to be swift. Surely then at, the, at that point, one could have been quite swift in saying, okay, folks, we don't have six months, we don't have six, six weeks, can we not do it quickly? I'm just saying in the sense of trying to get buy-in, don't you think it was important to, to get that buy-in? Um, maybe the question should be, should be buy-in from, from where else? Um, because, I mean, when we took the, the, the decision to relax regulations, remember it's not just about broadcast, it's about other, other services as well that we license. Mm-hmm. And then those were... were, were, were we're quickly done so that we, we are able to deal with it. We, 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 we flatten the curve for, mm-hmm. of, of infection of the, of, of the COVID-19. Mm-hmm. So we had to do that. And then, on, of course, you know, after taking a decision, especially on the on relaxation of, of regulations mm-hmm. for local content, mm-hmm. uh, we did receive a correspondence from the independent producers, yes. obviously, yes. Uh, saying that they needed to be consulted and mm-hmm. all that. Mm-hmm. We had a, we've had a meeting with them. We've had a, a conversation with, with them as well. We wrote them. They wrote, when they wrote us a letter, we responded to their letter mm-hmm. and explained exactly what, I was, what, I, what I'm talking about uh, now. And I, I believe they all, they, they all understood because, remember, as, as, as a regulator, we had to make sure that we do not penalize uh, the, the licenses for not complying because of COVID-19. At the same time, we cannot we, remember we, if, if we, compliance is, is, is very stringent. When we say you need to have yes. uh, local content of, of, of particular percentage, it has to be like that. It's either you go beyond that. But you can't go down. Is so, your is your? I'm just going to rush you, uh, Mr. Malika, just because of time. I'm going to have to rush to the the headlines. So don't just beg your pardon because I need to rush you on this one. Um, is then the concern that you are representing others more than others? In other words, in as much as you're not going to penalise a broadcaster, in effect, it penalises the producers because they themselves then are left wanting, and they themselves didn't feel like they represented or protected. So when they wrote that letter to you, that isn't that what, what, what it is that they were complaining about? No, no. Um, we've been very clear, Pimelo, to say that the exemption that we granted to television services mm-hmm. does not mean that those broadcasters will not acquire content that is developed from local production houses. It didn't mean that. Mm-hmm. It simply meant that when we do our own monitoring, we will not penalize you for not having complied during this period. Mm-hmm. But if there is any local content, mm-hmm. you, still have to pro- you, you still have to broadcast the local content. But you are, we are not going to tie you 
to a specific quarter or to tie you to, to the regulations today, you did not comply with the regulations. Where you can't, obviously you can't because mm. of certain reasons, but where you can, you must continue acquiring that content. We have been making that one very clear. Mm-hmm. So, and the, and, and the, the broadcasters as well are also uh, mindful of that, and they, still ha- they also have their own mandate, especially the SABC. It's got its own public service mandate. If they don't do it, obviously they will, they will, they will be reneging on their public, public service mandate. So they know that. So if there is any local content, continue producing. Right now we've seen that a lot of production has started already, so which is good at the same time, but also the addition that we took still remains because we still believe that we need to give them flexibility to attend to COVID-19 programming requirements as well and make sure that they still require uh, acquire local content where it's, where it's available. All right, Paseka Malika, who is ICASA uh, uh, spokesperson, they're just giving us their side of what it is that they were relaxing when they uh, brought new regulations as the um, regulator in the space. And then we'll speak to a production company to hear their side of the story too. One thirty, let's go to Utsile Saga for the very latest in headlines. Good afternoon, Utsile. <laughs> Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 105.6 FM in Palabora. Thank you so much for staying with us. We are discussing um, issues around production companies and uh, broadcasters and regulators and how everybody is having to maneuver around this COVID-19 period. Very difficult for many to um, maneuver because, you know, this this disease doesn't discriminate. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. It will find its way through it and we will all have to face up and, and deal with it. So I've spoken to a group executive at the SABC to tell us what their response has been. I've spoken to ICASA, which is the regulator and I'm speaking to Kayleen Bessett who's a Danny Odendal production um, representative and they are one of the very first ones to have gone back into production after the lockdown regulations. Thank you very much for joining us Kayleen. Good afternoon. Good afternoon Pamela. Good afternoon to your SAFM listeners. Oh, you went back very swiftly. How difficult or easy was it? You know uh, Pamela it was quite a um, as we all have could not have anticipated the extent to which this COVID-19 would actually affect us all. Um, I think with the initial lockdown before the extension, we had some sort of sense already planning of how we would continue production either way. Um, But obviously, as we lifted or went into the level four, um, we worked very closely together with the Sasani production uh, facilities team in order to prepare production to resume, you know, in line with the restrictions that were put in place. Okay, just for people who don't know, Sasani runs the studio. In other words, the facility where you guys shoot the the. This is Sevandalan, correct? You shoot. Yes, that is correct. Yes, they are the facility managers of the studios where there's multiple production shooting. What apart from sanitizing spaces, there are stories you tell, and this is a soapy. It's got intimacy. It's got distance. It's got yes. relationships. It's got all kinds of things. How has generally that journey been? You know, um, it, that's quite a prevalent question because, as you mentioned, it is a soapy. It has relationships. It's got you know the day to day life of you know how humans live. And um, our story uh, story team had to go back to the drawing board um, to rethink and rewrite scripts where there were intimate scenes involved. Um, we actually got to see in the last two days, um, mm-hmm. if not 
yeah, two days, the results of social distancing within the SOPI. Mm. So from our social media monitoring, it doesn't seem like much has been picked up, you know, by our viewers in terms of change. But there were some very um, prominent nuances like no kissing, very little touching, very little people in a scene together. So those are, you know, just the, 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 the kind of things that our script team had to go back and really just um, change uh, from what they've written way before the pandemic struck. So we've, yeah. spoke, we've spoken about the facility. We've spoken about the scripting in terms of telling the story. I, I can also tell you that it affects the crew and the crew's ability to execute distance. So for, for people just, I can only imagine. So a frame, for instance, may be okay at a, at a specific distance that we've been used to for two people. But now when a frame has to accommodate the three, two meters distance, how has the crew adjusted to all of that? You know, um, uh, we've just, They've just been so gracious about it and being yes. very um, cognizant of that distance. Yes. Luckily, we do multicam, so yeah, okay. um, they've been able to maneuver themselves yes. um, in a way that, that that maintains that distance. Yes. We've minimized where we would, for example, have on the floor uh, a pack of 20 support yes. crew. There'd be up to now 10 to 13 on the floor, mm. you know, just from the standby makeups, hair, wardrobe, etc., being minimized. So we really just took into consideration the amount of space that they have to move in, and they've been quite diligent in their movements and, 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 and maintaining that distances. Kayleen, I'm sure people were eager to come back to work, but I'm sure people are also quite nervous about, and and, and we're speaking about a, a group of people who ordinarily would be freelancers, so there's no certainty with their work. Them being ill that impacts directly on their livelihood. That's the reality of the kind of people that you work with. How, how is the mood, I mean, are people tense? You know, the temperament is quite relaxed. Um, I think internally we did a lot to allay the fears and the insecurities that, you know, we would all naturally have had having going back to production. But um, where there were any um, voiced opinions or, or, or fears, it was quickly dealt with in the sense of comfort Um we we had given everyone the opportunity to always or and still do the opportunity to speak up and just maybe mention in line with every um mitigation put in place to, to to prevent you know infection or you know that kind of um unease again but our actors i can tell you uh, i've been deal i deal with them on a daily basis mm. and a lot of them are really just at ease and and and, and just quite uh, comfortable with how things have been going on set. Kaylin, thank you so much for talking to us and our regards to the beloved teams that work on that soapy. They have got lots and lots of fans and I'm sure they're happy to hear that everything's going fine. Thank you very much for talking to us, Kaylin. Thank you so much for having us. Kaylin Bassett, who's a Dani Odendal Productions representative and they produce that wonderful, uh, in fact, it's very loved, Sia Vandalan, a production here on SABC.